we find ourselves back once again where we left. Our three individuals meeting, as if by fate, for the first time, each brought together by their experiences with something other out there. You all stand, the snow falling around you, and the town abuzz with activity. But at that time, you remember Elfrid, the ring. You have a job to do. And Karis, um, I must find this family, if there are any left. But I, um, I would ask that you accompany me. I... We each have a different piece to the same puzzle. So you believe me? I believe you. Why would I not? Well, no one else did. That is all. <clears throat> Nobody else believed me either. So, of course I believe you. Well, from what I have learned, um, being of both... And he kind of looks at each of you pointedly, being of both worlds. Humans tend to disregard anything too outlandish, because life is hard enough. And elves tend to forget what is obvious, because life is too precious to risk. But this is real, and we must deal with it. So yes, I believe you. Karis squints at Alfred, and then a slow dawning realization comes across her. Oh. Sorsha also notices this as if for the first time. Uh, she assumed Alfred was human, looking at him initially. Uh, and when he says of both worlds, there's this, her eyes go wide. <laughs> and immediately to his ears. Oh! Oh! Oh, s sorry, I didn't know. Yes, it is why I knew who you, what you were. Uh, oh. <clears throat> well, I'm trying to keep that uh, a little bit secret, if you don't mind. I would try a scarf next time. Uh, do you think that a peddler person might have a scarf? And it's at that time as if summoned by fate and also by a sail <laughs> <laughs> that Conovane arrives, his cart wheeled behind him by his mule. Oh, um, oh, it seems you're, you're all looking well. Oh, a bit grave of face, however. Is everything all right? Um, it's fine. Right, yes, of course. Um, Mr. Vane. Yes. Do you yes. have, um, a scarf? Do I have? Yes, I have a scarf. I have a collection, in fact, he says, and he peels back the sheet to reveal a scarf section on his cart, and there are scarves of all kinds. If I were to um, give you the, um, the quicker ways home, the safer ways, would this uh, be sufficient for one of your scarves? Yes, I mean, you're doing me a, a massive favor. I mean, on top of that, you've, you've already told me so much about this place. I 
Take the scarf you need. Uh, one each, if you wish. Oh, you're just going to give it to us like that? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, I can always get more scarves, but I can't get this advice anywhere else, and you've all been so welcoming. Oh. Um, so I thank you. Thank you. I had no idea people this way were so kind. <laughs> <laughs> well. Alfred yeah, looks to uh, both Karis and uh, Mari first let, to let them have first pick. Uh, Mari, or Sorsha, steps forward almost immediately and starts looking through and she raises a few up. I think she very quickly sort of homes in on one that is that purple color of whatever cloth she had picked up before. I think I like this one. Very good choice. It will suit you, I'm sure. Thank you. As for yourself, um, Alfred, was it? Yes. I think this might suit you, he says, and he goes in and he picks out one that's a more plain color, um, but it seems to have one side of white and one side of a darker wool. A dark grey close to black, as if noticing what you're wearing. This may suit you more. It will keep you warm, but also goes with your fashion sense. Hmm. Yes. It um, will keep me safe as well. Thank you. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Anything I can do, I'm more than happy to help you with. And uh, what about you, Karis? Um, Karis is just looking at these wares like... Someone actually wants me to shop at their establishment. Um, and she'll you have any gloves, actually? Yes, yes, he says. And he pulls out a pair of uh, what seems to be uh, leather gloves with sort of a fur interior, very plush. Oh, wow. Um, those would be fantastic. On the house, of course. Well, the cart, <laughs> as you will. <laughs> Thank you. Chill. No problem. Uh, just quickly slip them on. I'll be staying at the Stone Ball Inn if any of you, you know, want to see me. Um, I'm sure you can ask there and, and find me. I'll also have a stall in the festival. Um, so feel free. If, if you ever want a drink, um, I'd be happy to buy all of you one. The least I could do. Well, I, um, I thank you. Thank you very much. And I hope you all have a, a lovely day, whatever business it is that has got you looking so grim. Uh, well, we're looking. That's the business, really. <clears throat> well, that's a good business to be in, I've had. <laughs> well, I'll be off. Um, have a good day, he says, and his mule starts to move, and uh, he begins to direct his cart towards the stone bore inn. Sorsha is reveling in her pretty new scarf <laughs> and is winding it around on top of her hood for the moment. And yeah, Alfred, he, he wraps it about his neck uh, in a little bit type, tighter, more utilitarian, so it's not all hanging out, but where he can easily pull it up over his face. Well, um... Like I said, I need to find... Any trace of this kin, uh, of the boy who was slain on the road, um, I can either, I would like to meet y'all later, or if you'd like to accompany me, uh, it is up to you. You'd like me to go with you? 
Well, you have experience with that which I seek, so... Yes, I believe that we are bound... We are bound by justice. Uh, I... I should be looking for my teacher, but I don't know if I could make it very far on my own. If I'm being honest. Well, how about this? If you will accompany me as I look for this poor soul's uh, family, it should be a, a short matter. Um, they are probably here. And then I will help you find your teacher. You do that? As much as I am allowed. He kind of says that a little uncomfortably. Oh. That's very kind of you. It is no bother. Yes, of course. Um, I, I suppose if you need help finding your, um, that, whoever, whoever that was, their family, I could assist somehow. And with that, you see him kind of pull a glove off, uh, and then you see a, a platinum ring that he kind of takes off. And he's like, this is the symbol, the sigil, which I seek. So perhaps if you spot it before I, or, you know, whatever. Oh, keep me eyes peeled. Do, do people just sort of put their sigils on their houses like that? Oh yeah, some of them do. Fancy ones. I think it is so they don't get lost. I'm, I'm still not sure is the branding issue. It's oh, it's it's because they 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 feel important. And the symbol itself is two hammers, with what looks to be a pickaxe in the middle, crossed. Just so you know. But indeed, as you speak of these important people, these people who need these brands almost that mark them out as different. You do see um, what looks to be a very self-important um, young man walking down the road, sort of head thrown back slightly, his shoulders squared, wearing long, thick furs over him. And you do see a glint of a ring on his finger. He seems to stumble over, quite drunkenly, to what looks to be a younger lady of about the same age as he seems to be leaning on the wall and talking to her, but swiftly seems to almost slip halfway down the wall as she shakes her head and walks inside. He catches himself, stands up and straightens his cloak before throwing his head back, shoulders back, and then continuing to walk. He looks fancy. Important. Yes. And drunk. <laughs> Very much so. Well, when you are fancy and important, um, you have a lot more time for <clears throat> revelry. That you do. Do you think we should ask him about the ring? See if he could see it clearly enough. <laughs> we can try. If worst case is, he probably won't even remember it later. Hmm. Well, shall we? Right. And, um... And Ilfred just takes off to follow the uh, the drunken noble. So you walk over to the young man and you, you kind of get there as you see him pushing himself sort of to, to look better, to look less drunk. His hair sort of partly matted to his face as he looks around and then seems to catch your eye 
Elfrin, as you walk, and he goes, Oh, well, who sees this then? I recognize you. <laughs> Hail, adventure, I am Lord. Yes. <clears throat> um, yes. The, um, y yes, and Alfred's obviously very uh, uncomfortable um, with any kind of subterfuge, but I was wondering, um, do you recognize this sigil, this family? I, I need to speak with them. And he'll they hold the ring up. They have a closer look at that. Let's have a look. He says, and he leans in. He starts to almost fall forwards as he looks at the ring. And I, I catch him and... You catch him. Yeah, Karis will, Karis will help catch too. So the two of you sort of poof, put hands out, catch him, and he goes, Thank you, thank you. Oof. You're a locker, but uh, yeah, I know that, that ring. Yeah. <laughs> Good friend of mine, one of them. We're missing now. Meant to go on some errands. Didn't come back. Outside of town. Yeah, yeah, a couple miles out of it is to go to a village, well, uh, one that's been, I don't know, business in it. What was their name? Do, do they have any other family here? What was the boy's name? His name is Franklin. Franklin Terragast. Yeah, that's his name. Good lad, good couldn't hold his drink like me. I hold it well. But hear me. I can tell. This is obvious. And if you want to have a few drinks, I am very up for that. But my name is Lord Borin Clearwater. That's Borin, like B-O-R-R-I-N. Not like Borin. I'm not Borin. Uh, <clears throat> I'll make a note of it. That'll be good. I owe you. You caught me. I might have broken my face. Wouldn't that be terrible? <laughs> it is only it my would... service. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. It would be terrible. Because I'm beautiful, me. Bloody beautiful. Right. Um, right. Thank you. Uh, you should drink some water. Right, I should drink more. You're right. He says, as the strange nobleman kind of gives you all a double thumbs up. And then starts walking backwards, still in that way. Almost trips over himself, but Kef catches himself. Oof. And then kind of oh. goes, that was a joke. Oof. And then stumbles off. Uh, he's going to end up dead somewhere in an alley. Dead. Yep. Probably. Um... I've learned from, I've learned from many years um, watching the ways that you can only protect certain people so much. <sighs> you can't really protect people from themselves, so. Well, that that is the worst beast of all. He said the name. Well, at least we have a name. Franklin Terragast. Terragast. Yes. Alfred kind of looks around. Is there any kind of, like, town guard or 
So there is, yes, there are guards. There's quite a few. Um, they're, they're sort of around the streets. There's like one on every street you've been walking by. But on this street in particular, there is one, yes. He's a, an older man. Um, shaved head, big beard. Um, sort of currently having a smoke. Uh, you see him sort of smoking a pipe whilst he's stood on the corner just watching. He seems to have an eye on Borin, um, but he doesn't seem to be taking any moves yet. He seems to know the lad isn't really any harm. He's just drunk as all sin. <clears throat> well, um, I'm going to inquire with the guard um, to see where these terror gas reside. Kriegs! And I yell out for my wolf to, like, come up next to me. Immediately, your loyal wolf is straight to your side. I'll stride right up to the guard, like, maybe a little bit too close for comfort. Um, hmm. But, you know, it's the way it is. Uh, good sir, I have uh, an inquiry. Wait, I'm listening. The family of the Terragasts. They reside here, no? Hey, well, not right here, but they do reside within this town, yes. The Terragast estate is uh, further up to the back. You'll go towards the mountain in the back. There's the mines. Um, you'll hear the noises there, you know, see the lads out on a break. Head towards there, and to the left of that, you'll see their estate. It's pretty obvious. Big, blocky place. Big gates, and there's sigils on the front. But last I heard, there are bits. Having a bit of a time. And I can't with their youngest going missing. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. And you have a good festival. Oh, I will. I'm looking forward to the night off. <clears throat> yes. Well, make sure you have the potatoes, by the way, if you go with the hot potatoes there to die for. Oh, I will, uh, I, I will. Uh, thank you. And you be well. And, um, you as, you as well. And, like, El Alfred is obviously very awkward, like, in, in this kind of setting, so he doesn't really know, like, how to extricate himself from a conversation. Yeah. He seems to simply turn away and start smoking still, and uh, that seems to be your cue. Yeah, Alfred breathes a sigh of relief and, start, and just walks off. Uh, and he he's literally just like looks around and walks towards the back, like he like the the old man said. Uh, it looks like he got directions. We should follow him. Sure. And then Alfred kind of remembers up <laughs> and just motions. For uh, for Karis and, and and Mary. When when he turns, uh, Mary or Sorsha is already trotting after him. Brilliant. And as all of you begin to wind your way through, with Alfred and their loyal companion Krieg alongside, you find your way until you do indeed see the estate that was mentioned. The gates lay slightly open, but the sigil. It's clear. Two crossed hammers and a pickaxe between the two. And a large estate stands behind them through a frozen over garden. It's quiet. Too quiet. Seeing the gate ajar, 
Um, y'all probably see uh, Alfred's shoulders kind of tense. And he very slowly turns around to you. This fiend steals faces. So, if you see a boy, probably late teens, it could be it. If we see Franklin. Franklin, yes. It took his face. I'm, um, I'm worried. As he kind of motions back towards the gate, just kind of hanging open just a bit. So please be on, uh, be on lookout. Right. Krieg's heel, and he kind of motions for the, for his direwolf to kind of follow the group of us in. And the wolf does, and it heals, as you look over at the mansion and begin to make your way through the frozen gardens. Step by step, you walk closer to the silent house, and slowly the door comes into view lay closed there is a large door knocker but the place itself is silent the snow continues to fall and pool around the stairs but there are recent footsteps upon them could you please give me a notice check Karis and Alfred with your four and your five you look at the steps And the foot seems to be about the size of a young man. The depth seems slightly deeper than it should be. And aside from those steps leading to the house, you see nothing else. Just a quiet house. Alfred doesn't say anything. Y'all just see him, like, take his mace off of his hip. Karis just gives a scratch to the back of her head and also undoes the leather strap on the top half of her axe so she can pull it out easy if she needed. Yeah. Sorsha just sort of gives a shrug and slides, lets the bow slide down into her hand. And has one hand on the back uh, under her cloak where her quiver is, ready to pull an arrow. And Alfred kind of knocks on the door with his mace, just two times, like... (coughs) And for a moment, no sound comes. But then, you hear footsteps approaching the front door. The door handle turns, and the door begins to creak slowly open agonizingly slow and in the crack you see an older lady within her forties a mess of blonde hair tears streaking her face and a look of confusion as she sees the strange assortment of you on her doorstep can I help you? um Yes, um, my name is Elfred. I am one of the Dusk Runners. Oh. I need to speak with, um, the head of the house, whoever that may be. Well, I... 
imagine that's currently me. Um, my husband is away on business, and there's... I guess it's me. Um, Marilyn Terragast, she says and opens the door slightly for you. Sorry, I would usually be better presented. She wipes her tears away with her hand. The smudge is still evident in the makeup. Miss Terragast, I am um, wondering. Uh, you have children, yes? Oh, oh, yeah, yes. Um, of course. Though most of them have moved away. Yes. Why did you ask? Well, I, um, found something on the road a few miles outside of town. Oh? And, um, with that, he, Alfred, pulls from uh, a, a pocket the ring and presents it. Oh. Oh, so that's where that went. Oh, <laughs> oh Franklin will be so happy to see it's been returned. Franklin. He, yes. Oh, did he lose it? Y yes, he he did. He was on the road for days, but um, yes, he returned earlier today. Um, he's safe and fine. I I'll have to go and remedy the thoughts of his death. Sorsha looks immediately to the other two, with eyes wide with alarm. Mm-hmm. And it's as you do that the door opens more. And, Alfred, you see a young man walk just behind his mother. A face you recognize, or at least one that you should, where it should have laid on that corpse. The same hair, the same body and build, but a look deep within its eyes that speaks of something much more alien. As it looks over at you all, smiles and simply states, Oh, mother, it seems we have guests. Don't let them stand in the cold and let them in. You will come in, won't you? And with a smile, it invites you in. This has been Tales from a Hollow World, a dark fantasy audio drama set in an original fantasy setting powered by the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition role-playing game. Sorsha, the Winter Elf Scout, is played by Jess of Little Cup of Joe. Karis, the Human Executioner, is played by Lindy of Laugh Love Lindy. Alfred, the Half-Elf Duskrunner, is played by Pruitt of WebDM. Find new episodes as they release on iTunes or YouTube at youtube.com slash hollowtale. Get early access to new episodes a week early on Patreon at patreon.com slash hollowtale to support new episodes in being created. Thank you for listening.